I decided that time that I am not going to carry the nailer in my pocket again. And I decided that whatever happens, like even if that means I'm dying, I'm not going to carry it in my pocket. And uh, the rationale behind it was uh, that I didn't die this 10 minutes. So chances are that I will not die. But I don't want this life on dependency. This is episode number 75 of The Inspiring Talk with Mountaineer Satyarup Siddhanta. Welcome guys to The Inspiring Talk. My name is Vijay Gautam. I'm host for this show. Each week I interview today's most successful and inspiring personalities to help you realize your inner potential. Dear listener, have you heard of the story of a baby elephant that is tied with a thin rope? It tries and tries as a small baby to break that rope, but couldn't. After several attempts, it stops trying because it starts believing that it cannot break the rope. It never attempts to break that rope even when it grows into a giant animal that it is. Our fears are like those. Most of those come from our childhood experience and the conditioning that we grow up with. And we never attempt to break them. But on the other side, we have enough stories of people who have questioned and challenged those beliefs about themselves and have shown to the world something that no one else believed was possible. If you are living with any kind of fears on your mind, be prepared to be shaken as today's story is very inspiring. My guest Satyarup Siddhanta could barely run 100 meters as a kid because of his asthma. He lived with the belief that he cannot take part in physical activities and challenge the disease for major part of his life. When he decided to challenge the disease, he not only climbed Mount Everest, highest peak in the world, but also set several world records. Satyarup is the youngest person in the world to climb seven highest peaks and all seven volcanic summits of all the seven continents of the world. And he holds Guinness World Record for that. He has skied in South Pole and is soon heading for the North Pole. He is the first Indian to climb Mount Sidley, highest volcano of Antarctica, Mount Gilue, the highest volcano of Papua New Guinea, and the list goes on and on. Satyarup speaks at different events and conferences, sharing the stories of overcoming fears and pushing your boundaries. There could be no better person to talk about facing challenges than Satyarup. On this episode, we chat about how Satyarup transformed from being an asthmatic kid to climbing mountains, lesson he has learned from the mountains, overcoming fears, facing challenges, and a lot more. Before we jump in, I would really appreciate if you could take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram story. And when you do that, don't forget to tag me at the rate BJ Speaks 
Now, enjoy the conversation. Welcome back inside this episode, guys. I'm here with Satyarup. Satyarup, welcome to the show. Thank you. So, how are you enjoying Delhi? Yeah, I was trying to do some deep breathing, and <laughs> it created some problems in my lungs. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should keep those deep breathing for your mountains. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Not for Delhi. <laughs> yeah. We met at this event and when we had that brief conversation about the kind of work that you have done and actually your t-shirt kind of intrigued me, you know, with Mount Everest on it and the flag of Nepal. And I thought, okay, this guy looks interesting. I want to talk to this guy. And that's how like, you know, the conversation opened up. And when we started having conversation and you went on and on sharing a lot of stories that you have to share with the world from the mountains, obviously, and from the fear that you have kind of overcome in your own life as well. So, I mean, obviously, we'll get into all the exotic part of the story, but I want to go back and uh, talk about you know, your childhood and you could barely run 100 meters because you were an asthmatic kid. Talk a little bit about that. So, um, I was born in Kolkata and uh, then I grew up in a small town called Barampur in West Bengal. I was uh, not a kid and we used to do all sorts of nonsense uh, mm -hmm. everywhere. But uh, when I was in class two, I was running in the Tiffin time and uh, then I came to the class and I was having this breathing trouble. And I was sent back home from the school. Probably that day I was the happiest kid in the neighborhood. That yay, I came home. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, little did I know that um, that would have been such a big blockage in my life. Uh, and um, slowly I saw myself uh, not participating in any any games in the different time where I need to run. So I should love uh, playing football with other kids. Like, you know, you know, that time the football is not about uh, uh, playing with a strategy. Just you have to hit the ball no matter which, which side it is. Mm -hmm. So we should run behind the football. And I saw myself uh, coming in the backy then as a goalkeeper. Then one fine day I saw myself uh, outside of the ground. And people used to play there and I used to just walk around on the other side. But then I also found my own way of playing. And uh, my playground became the under construction houses where I used to climb up the walls and jump from there, run on the parapets. <laughs> and we used to make a competition that who can jump from how high on the sand. Uh, even I used to uh, climb the trees and like you know, people used to get like finicky about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But uh, that's how my childhood uh, happened. But uh, when I was in class Six, no, when I was in class five, in fact, uh, I was given the inhaler. Uh, that was a breather because uh, earlier I used to wake up in the middle of the night and uh, my dad is a doctor. So there were talks whether we should keep a oxygen cylinder at the home because it used to be really suffocating in the night sometimes. And um, slowly I got dependent on this inhaler mm -hmm. and uh, I used to g get these attacks even when walking on a uh, upslope mm -hmm. so when we used to go to Darjeeling or whenever it's cold and uh, I never used to take part in any other run um, I don't have a single medal in my whole school life and college life mm -hmm. uh, but then uh, that way the life was going now because I didn't play those kind of games my lungs also didn't have the capacity much yeah. 
So this way it went on and I um, went to Sikkim and Manipal's engineering college there for doing my engineering. And uh, uh, beautiful campus, beautiful mountains all around. One side this study were flowing, but it used to be a horrible time for me because mm-hmm. my attacks used to be very often. But yeah. then when I have an inhaler in my pocket, yeah, it just took uh, one or two puffs and you were all normal again. Yeah, I used to feel a lot of inferiority complex. And um, it took away my confidence a lot also. Like, you know, whenever I used to use the inhaler, I always hide and uh, I used to <laughs> turn back and take that one puff and stealthily put it in the pocket. Yeah. So this uh, went on and in 2001 itself, uh, one day I was going out of the college campus mm-hmm. because that time it was not developed, the area around the college. And uh, we had to go five kilometers uh, for the nearest uh, uh, market. Mm-hmm. I was walking out of the college campus and uh, suddenly I got this attack. Okay. And it was nothing new. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I uh, reached out for my inhaler and for the first time after many years, I didn't had an inhaler in my pocket. I left it in my college hostel. Oh. And uh, the next 10 minutes what happened changed my life, changed my course of direction, everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the next 10 minutes... <laughs> I was just rolling on the road, trying to breathe. Mm-hmm. And it was like a fish is taken out of the water. And I am trying to fill my lungs with air and it is not filling up. And uh, it's suffocating. And uh, I felt like I'm dying. And uh, I tried everything like breathing hard, breathing s- slow, sure. closing the nose, uh, trying to breathe fast, like, you know, everything, but nothing was working. And, uh, uh, after some time, after eight, nine minutes, around 10 minutes, slowly, slowly it subsided. And then I sat there and started reflecting on the last 10 minutes. And uh, so much emotions were coming and uh, all of them were negative. I mean, I was angry on myself. I was uh, having a self-pity. I was having sadness. Mm-hmm anger like you know name it and it was there and uh, it was a terrible time and uh, I was thinking that what have I done um, to have a life like that and uh, why am I so dependent on this inhaler and that feeling suddenly uh, you know that I am so much dependent on something else and uh, my whole life would be like this uh, living on an inhaler Mm -hmm. and that was um, making me very angry. I realized that what if tomorrow there is uh, another attack and I my inhaler gets over, I am like a dead mate. Yeah. And uh, maybe because my age was around 18 years and the blood was boiling mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I decided that time that I am not going to carry the inhaler in my pocket again. Wow. And I decided that whatever happens, like even if that means I'm dying, I'm not going to carry it in my pocket. Okay. And uh, the rationale behind it was uh, that I didn't die this 10 minutes. So chances are that I will not die. Okay. But I don't want this life Mm -hmm. on dependency. And the next uh, thought that came was, uh, I was allergic to a lot of food. Mm -hmm. Whenever I used to take a bite, of shrimps or prawns 
it is to be like a reaction vigorous reaction where uh, like as if a sodium and water has come together <laughs> yeah as to have hundred sneezes and uh, rashes and like faces to swell and becomes red and everything but i used to love prawns uh and you know and that moment when i decided that not to carry the inhaler i also decided that i'll eat everything it was a rebellious thought actually like, uh-huh. why would i stop myself from doing anything i'll do everything that is required and, and i'm okay to uh, have the outcome yeah. like, you know and uh, the next few weeks body started revolting because it was uh, always getting this inhaler and now i'm not giving it yeah so the reactions was more vigorous and um, at times i had to run to my hostel room to take that one puff on the pretext of going to toilet from the college but i was adamant not to keep it in my pocket so i should run and <laughs> take that from the room but uh, never in my pocket again and uh, whenever i used to go to those restaurants i used to order uh, mixed fried rice uh, such that i used to get the prawns mm-hmm. and immediately after taking the food i used to take uh, two three antialergics and uh, uh, like you know the initial 5 7 minutes it is to be a horrible yeah. <laughs> reactions needless and all but then medicine is to take care of it uh, so i should take two three medicines at a time and i started conditioning my body accordingly and uh, what i did was uh, after some some years uh, i saw that there was reaction sometimes there was more reaction sometimes there was less reaction yeah so when there was less reaction i tried to withstand it without the medicine uh huh and sometimes when there was more uh, then i even tried to push the limits yeah and if it was going beyond my capacity then i should take those medicines true so like that one side i stopped my inhaler mm-hmm. uh, in my pocket so i was not getting the inhaler whenever my body was needing it mm. only when i was near by my college hostel i used to get that and the other side i was eating all these uh, allergic foods uh and conditioning it and without the need of the medicines mm-hmm. so like that four years in sikkim and then three years in bangalore this went on when i was in bangalore every time i used to eat those uh, allergic foods i used to mental map that were at the nearby medicine shops as that uh, if it is in 2 km vicinity then i should be able to get the medicines and then on that confidence i used to eat all those things mm-hmm. so like that it went on uh and it was never my childhood dream like you know to climb mountains yeah because how can a person who couldn't run 100 meter without an inhaler puff yeah will ever think of uh, something impossible yeah and <laughs> like absolutely climbing mountains <laughs> absolutely it it totally seems uh, impossible and from what you have just said what i think the message uh, a very strong message out there is to trying to push limit rather than giving up too early sometimes right i don't know should people really be not taking their puffs i don't know whether they should be doing that or not but the lesson there what i think is try and push your limits just don't give up yet right as long as you can probably push your boundary and then maybe you know one day you will accomplish what you are trying to accomplish yeah you were talking about the mountain so obviously i mean you have uh, this this long 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 list of accomplishments um all over wikipedia uh, about you and your tedx talk i've heard and it is um you know you share some of the stories there 
so you were studying engineering and you were trying to you know fight with asthma allergic food and stuff so that's one part of it and uh, and as you said you couldn't run 100 meters but why mountains like where did that thought about climbing mountain so i thought i i, I believe that nothing is a coincidence um when i was a kid i used to read a lot of comics i still read mm-hmm. <laughs> those phantoms and mandrakes and yeah. tintin and uh, some novels as well uh, in bengali we used to have some adventurous novels and uh, whenever i used to read those uh, books in my imagination i also used to be along with them in the jungles in the mountains in the rivers with the vikings with the like you know indiana jones or with tintin yeah. uh, phantom riding a horse or things like that i used to create my own world yeah in after 3 years in bangalore it was like in you know, almost 7 years uh, i was fighting as my and i didn't knew that whether it was gone or not but it's like let's not talk about the elephant in the room yeah. let's not touch it <laughs> maybe it's there but let's not <laughs> yeah so it, awaken a, it yeah it's <laughs> like it, it's not a very good feeling to have uh, the breathlessness and all yeah uh, so one fine day i went to my office and uh, my boss uh, he showed me some pictures so, so what he, were you working as i was a software engineer okay and <laughs> and he showed me some pictures of a trek where he recently had been to and i was like trek mm-hmm. does it happen in india ah. <laughs> i was so <laughs> ignorant because uh, it's like uh, it's not my cup of tea so i never yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like gave it interest kind and for the first time i got to know that trekking is possible in india because all the books i have read and everything was in the backdrop of outside of india yeah. you know we tint in beat phantom beat anywhere in the novels true and uh, and i saw people were climbing not like a climbing climbing but it is a holy place at the top there is some shiva temple and uh, people were holding some chains and rods and uh, climbing a vertical like you know route landscape yeah. and uh, the clouds were below and and it was so fascinating mm-hmm. and people were also doing using some ladders and all and uh, i remembered my childhood days uh, where i used to run on those uh, parapets and climb the walls and like you know yeah. and it, it was just like that and uh, i was so excited and uh, i asked my boss that do you think i can also do it and my boss was three times my size mm-hmm. so he said that if i can do why can't you yeah and i was like right but then i almost was about to tell him that i am asthmatic uh, i have an asthmatic background but then it was in my lips and i couldn't tell it because i knew that if i tell it then that's it he will never take me uh-huh. and uh, what i did was i went home and i was trying to figure out i really want to go but it was a fight between the mind and the heart uh-huh. so my mind is saying that Uh, if you go there you will die a dog's death mm-hmm. and my my heart was saying that and one life man like you know yeah <laughs> like, you should do it because this is something like it's so adventurous and you always wanted to do this kind of things but i was not getting the confidence uh, so it was always in my mind in the last 2 3 days and suddenly i got a realization a thought uh, the thought was uh, if i have an attack yeah say in the ground floor what is the medicine the inhaler if i have it in the third floor the medicine is the same 
what if I take a lift and go to the 10th floor and I have an attack? Medicine is the same. And I said, Eureka. <laughs> <laughs> so the mountain, I just imagined that how much it would be, like 50 floors, 60 floors. <laughs> what if it was a floor, it was a building and I went in on a lift. Uh-huh. And if I had an attack, and that was the biggest fear, what if I have an attack? So if I have an attack, then the inhaler is the key. Yeah. And I went and bought a new inhaler, uh-huh. slid it in the bag. <laughs> Within a week, we formed a team of 10 and I asked my team leader to lead. And uh, we went uh, amateurs, <laughs> all amateurs by leading uh, the, like, you know, the trail. And then finally, when we went there on a summer mm-hmm. afternoon in Tamil Nadu, yeah. you can imagine it's like mm. hot. Yeah. <laughs> Within an hour, all our water got over and uh, we drank things which we would otherwise never drink like yeah. you know, those goli sodas yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and you see in the footpaths and all right you know, and that were the saviors and mm. uh, the charge the buttermilk and like the villagers were selling and uh, it was tough uh, it was tough and finally when uh, I reached to the top of that hill yeah it was so filmy <laughs> <laughs> filmy because uh, like you know one side the temple bells were ringing like dhang dhang and yeah. the other side the flags of uh, shiva fluttering there and like you know there i am standing like a lion king and couldn't believe that i came through that road which is like which looks like a thread i like oh my god because i never thought that i'm going to come to the top and yeah. i thought like let's see what happens <laughs> and then i i couldn't i was thinking in that like you know, I was trying to sing that uh, thing that you know I am at the top, and like I was cherishing cherishing my first hill, and uh, suddenly I realized yeah. that this whole trip I didn't have to take my inhaler once, mm-hmm. and that feeling, you know, that that was like a liberating feeling, like and as if a thousand doves were given a freedom, and I, I I was thinking that oh my god, this last seven years, whatever experimentation I was doing on myself. It worked. I don't mm. know it is whether it is cured or not. Yeah. But I know that it is not going to come between me and the mountains. And like it filled me up with a lot of confidence. And I wow. felt like I can do anything what I can, I, I, I can perceive, mm. what I can conceive. Yeah. I can do everything. And yeah. that feeling, along with the feeling of uh, climbing my first mountain, maybe that day I climbed the Everest of me. And like, you know, and... Uh, that mountain, though it might be a hill, I think it was much, much higher than Everest for me because I broke my self-limiting beliefs and I broke the barriers and uh, I was there. And uh, standing there, I decided that, okay, I'm going to go for horse riding course. Wow. <laughs> like phantom. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> now you are all of a sudden wanting to leave all those comic yeah, characters. Like, and, I yeah. just wanted to be myself and whatever was coming in my mind, I wanted to do each and everything. Because yeah. It was just like, um, suppose you are hungry for 10 days and the 11th day you have been given a samosa mm. and I eat a samosa every day. You will appreciate the samosa more because you have never got that yeah. Right. For 10 days. Yeah. So adventure and mountains became like, you know, like that samosa, which uh, was denied to me. The adventure was denied to me for many years. And when I got, so I started appreciating it much more than normal other people. Yeah. So that's, that might be the difference. Like, you know, why 
I'm in a spree of climbing mountains. Yeah, and I think that's a yeah, that's that's a beautifully said. You know, climbed Everest later part on in in your the whole journey of mountaineering. But I think that's the biggest Everest that probably you have ever climbed in your life because the fear, the doubt, the the you know self hate in a way. I won't say hate. I think hate would not pity. be the way. Self pity, yes. self pity that you were you know living with and then everything shattered the moment you went there on the top and then all of a sudden that you, you know you are wanting to do all these different things that you wanted to do in your life horse riding course did you do that yeah, yeah i did that and then i did a paragliding certification and then i used to do snorkeling <laughs> kayaking and everything till wow I... so then you are living all these you know different characters yes, and everything yes, that you have yes. ever dreamed of as a kid right So now that you have done all of these and I'm sure you meet a lot of people in life who always have those childhood dreams that they want to live in their life and experience things in their life but as they grow up all those dreams vanishes and they kind of get caught by life. So what do you think, you know, by interacting with these people and probably uh when you reflect on your own life, what do you think stops people from going out and living all those dreams just the way that you did? I think people have grown up. <laughs> That's a curse. So we have to bring back the child in us. Uh, we have to live the life of our imagination. So as a child, you used to run maybe from one place to another with your hand uh, holding up. And if somebody would have asked you, "What are you doing?" and you said, "I'm flying like a superman," mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But you don't find that in the grown-up people. But because somebody thought like that. that's how you have the jet pack now and people can fly because people imagined seeing a bird people imagined that they will also like to fly like a bird yeah there was the invention of aeroplane yeah so if it was rational thought that time aeroplane wouldn't have uh, come into existence so we have to be rational we have to be a child we have to have the imagination and with logic we can't uh, limit ourselves i you know so i think that is what is missing and uh, the social stigma that what will people think people don't have time to think about <laughs> you like you know, people have a lot of thoughts for themselves so i think um, it's about allowing our heart to follow our dreams and living all the inhibitions so there is a simple formula for success mm-hmm. that i have coined I would not say success but it's about the dreams following you know? your dreams yeah it's about the following and executing your dreams mm-hmm. like, you know so dreams are very um it, it is not a stable thing like you know it always tends to get to a stable place which is a wish and uh, when you when the dream becomes a wish it it stays forever there and it is so loyal that it can stay along with you till your deathbed and uh, and the deathbed also will say i wish i would have done that i wish i would have done that yeah but what if if in my deathbed i have one minute time and i look back at my life and if i would have told myself that wow what had i did had been and i would rather try to be content about the life i led rather than just thinking that i wish i would have lived that life mm-hmm. so if i can see from the end in the mind then i think it all makes a difference this wish is very dangerous <laughs> mm-hmm. so how how does dream become wish so you take one cup of dream and just one tablespoon of excuses boom 
dreams plus excuses equal to wish wow and then I love that but if you want to have a dream getting executed if you want a dream to be a reality all you need to do is take one spoon of dream and take one tablespoon of uh, plan to it boom it becomes a target mm. it's no more a dream yeah and then it's a matter of time that you will be uh, achieving that and everything that you do day to day you have to see that whether it's aligned to your dream or not so i used to take up two jobs like in the morning uh, 9 to 1 i used to work for one company mm-hmm. and 2 to 10:30 i used to work for another company and this were all aligned to my dream of climbing everest okay and i couldn't sit back and cry that i am not getting sponsorship yeah i couldn't sit back and uh, blame the government that government is not supporting my expeditions true it is i who have to do it so if nothing is coming that way then let me find my way absolutely right and uh, whatever i can do it in my capacity i have done that and uh, made my own way and uh, yeah it it was tough but then imagine if in the start of my journey yeah. if somebody would have come with 3.5 crores to me and said that you know what here is 3.5 crores uh, do the seven summits and do the seven volcanic summits and do the both, do both the poles i wouldn't have enjoyed this uh, journey so the way i have enjoyed it now yeah because it's a kind of satisfaction the hard work the sleepless nights the, uh, the 100000 people that i have met in this journey and so many unknown people so much blessings uh, that i couldn't count uh, you know i would have missed everything yeah so mm, i i think uh, it's a matter of uh, attitude that if you just uh, don't expect anything from life and just do your work mm-hmm. <laughs> life gives you full uh, that is a big learning for me and uh, you know just dreaming big won't alone help no. you have to chase your dreams i think that's uh, beautifully put and when you were sharing the you know this um one thing that i was thinking is how many lies we tell ourselves how many excuses that we give ourselves how many reasons that we give not to chase the dream or why that dream of mine cannot become a reality right and one of the things that which is a very strong realization that i have had recently is our mind seeks validation and proof for our thoughts i'll give an example when there is some dream you want to accomplish in your life that's a climbing a mountain mount everest for for that matter and when you have that dream and you strongly want to climb mount everest and then your brain will find all the reasons on why you can climb mount everest and then you interact with somebody who says why it cannot be done and now you start thinking about all the reasons on why it cannot happen because your brain always 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 find proof and validations to support your thought so i think it all begins with the thought of having that whether i can make it or whether i cannot make it like if you really like some person and you have you interact with that person and you really really like that person and if there are some flaws if there are things that you absolutely hate when if if it was something that was done by someone else but you still like that person because your brain is ignoring the fact that there is this 
thing that you don't like about that person but your brain is only giving you the proofs on why you like that person and you know why you should be with that person and now on that same relationship let's say something happens and then the relationship starts getting bitter then your brain will start finding all the reasons on why you hate that person and why that person is not the right person for you yes. you forget about you know your brain will not tell you about the good aspects a good thing i think that's that's the very uh, uh, yeah, yeah that's the that's the very strong realization that i had recently like and again this comes from reflection you were earlier saying like you know after that 10 minute you reflected on what happened and you know all that self pity and why am i feeling that and getting angry and all of that i think when you reflect why i behaved in such such a way why i felt that particular way and then you get all these answers and i think your brain always always seeks for proof so don't let your brain you know gather around the false proof or the wrong proofs or wrong excuses and when you have a lot of pile and pile of these proofs that why it cannot be done then you will never never ever accomplish and even think about going that because you have this big mountain that you have created of excuses fear self doubt self pity why you are not good in all of that stuff so i think that's a yeah and i think that uh, it's very important to embrace failure as well i have failed multiple times i'm sure in 2015 uh, when the dream was all so near i was going towards everest and we were heading towards everest base camp and suddenly it was not our fault but the earthquake happened yeah many lives were lost all our money 18 lakh rupees was lost yeah expedition got cancelled we couldn't even start the expedition and expedition was over now even my next door never had thousand reasons for me why i should not go yeah but then one good reason is enough to go and which can nullify all the thousand reasons why not to go yeah you know so uh, i think this um, uh, so these failures actually makes us uh, more strong and more uh, we can face life more just like if you want to have an omelet can you have an omelet without breaking the egg you cannot right yeah so it is important that uh, we taste the failure it is important that we know what darkness is to appreciate light Huh? unless there was devil we wouldn't have appreciated god yeah you know so these are various realizations that i had over the time yeah. in the mountains and this is yeah. what mountain taught me now that you were on that you know hill that you climbed up went on a trek and stuff and you wanted to do horse riding and then you did that and uh, mountains how did that came about and what went on the preparation and i'm sure because that is one of the things a lot of people probably want to do or maybe have in their wildest dreams or whatever i mean and it need not necessarily be the mount everest that could be any big goal or dream which is the everest of you know that uh, i think it was edmund hillary or i think if yeah, i'm not wrong who said yeah who says uh, we all have our mountains to climb yes, in our life yes, if yes. i'm if i'm not wrong um, that's something that he said which uh, you know it it need not necessarily be climbing the mount everest but there might be an and big goal or dream that they complete want to accomplish in, in their life right so tell me about you know how you prepared yourself mentally i think which is more important because once you are prepared mentally then nothing stops you to to climb the mountain because you have seen people without limbs climbing mountain people who cannot see climbing mountain mount everest and all of that i think 
so how how you prepared yourself mentally because i think that was the toughest part to crack i never had this dream of uh, even climbing mount everest uh, but everything comes from the knowledge like you know when you see it or when you hear about it right so i went to everest base camp uh, trek in 2010 in december mm-hmm. and for the first time i saw mount everest in front of me and i literally fell in love with it and uh, i didn't know any of the facts and figures i thought uh, i never knew what is mountaineering i thought it is yet and the trek and that it is little tough because it is the highest mountain and people take oxygen because maybe they get tired <laughs> and uh, and i could conceive that dream of climbing like i would say trekking mount everest because mm. that's that's what i thought that's what you thought yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. Uh, i there must be a path just yeah, to walk there is a path yeah. i just walk and uh, uh i just extrapolated a normal trek like okay it would be like 10 times more uh, tough than yeah. a normal trek <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know but i think that because i didn't knew the facts and figures uh-huh. that allowed me to dream that big had i knew the facts and figures maybe yeah. i wouldn't have allowed myself to dream that big true it's like now that i know the facts and figures of climb of uh, going to the moon or mars yeah that's why maybe my logical mind will always stop me from dreaming to go to mars yeah <laughs> but had i not known true like you know then probably i would have said yeah uh, maybe yeah i'll study this and i'll go to mars <laughs> right you know so that kind but when i got to know about the facts and figures by the time the dream was already conceived yeah now one side i see the facts and figures and i see the dream yeah and it's not matching yeah because i don't have that much money i don't have that much resource and it's a whole new world i don't know mountaineering <laughs> now what should i do i have to yeah. choice i have to, i can just uh, get rid of the dream or i can follow that dream well I majority just, of people go for the option number one yeah i mean i don't blame them because uh, the reality if we are in the reality we would think like that mm-hmm. but it's very important to be unreal sometimes yeah and uh, it should be illogical sometimes yeah and then only great things can be done True. and uh, i didn't wanted to leave that dream you know i was clinging to that dream i have dreamed only one this kind of big magnitude dream and uh, that i will leave <laughs> yeah then i thought okay what can i do in my capacity to achieve that dream uh, rather than trying to find that oh it is not going to happen then i thought okay i have to arrange money how much money oh my god 35 lakh rupees and i was counting my salary and i was like <laughs> how many months i have to yeah uh, accumulate that money to reach there and it was very um, unimpressive number yeah. and uh, the first thing is that okay like if i have to arrange money what is the best way to arrange the money like first thing was let's loot a bank <laughs> 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 but then i thought you know what i will loot a bank but then i have to go to jail <laughs> i don't not want that <laughs> <laughs> not the mountain not the mountain what yeah. if i get a lottery mm. and then okay lottery okay no there is better thing than that what if i can um, uh, get a call from konvanaga karupati uh-huh. you know and i started laughing at my own thought like you know why will i get a call from konvanaga karupati i mean like <laughs> it's like you know but then suddenly i watched back at my thought and i said really is it really 0% uh, chance that i will get a con- uh, uh, call from konvanaga karupati i said no it might be 0.0001% but 0.001% is not equal to 
and I thought, yeah. So I clung to that point zero zero one percent, and I was like thinking that yeah, now that money is arranged. Means I already imagined that okay, I got a call from the KVC and I won that, and I'm, the money is arranged for Everest. Now what? And I, oh yeah, the next hurdle. The next hurdle is uh, I have to get the experience and the skill, because just having money, I cannot climb Everest. Uh, and uh, I read that book, uh, the 1996 disaster book, is uh, Into Thin Air. And that book never painted a rosy picture of Everest. It showed the uh, harsh uh, reality of Everest. And uh, I'm so thankful that I read that book because it taught me what not to do. Yeah. And uh, I got to know that, you know, I need to focus on my skills and I need to focus on my uh, experience. And most of the time, we don't even see the se- uh, the next steps and next steps because we are so overwhelmed with the first step and we perceive it as big mountains in front of us and we never climb it and that's it that's the end but uh, it's so important that we try to tackle one and the next hurdle and the next hurdle and see beyond to see that what are the things happen and like that like you know so I started uh, preparing everything that I used to do I used to relate it to climbing and I should say okay because I'm doing this I'm not buying this uh, a new shoe or a new dress because I had to go to Everest. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, everything that I was doing, I was uh, aligning itself to the main main uh, cause. Even if I was uh, running a little bit, I was thinking, okay, this is going to help me towards climbing Everest. Every single thing, you know. And uh, then um, uh, I think people ask me that, am I fearless? Mm-hmm. No, I'm not fearless. Yeah. I have fear. But I can use that fear. So the fear can either cripple us and I can look at Everest and say, oh my God, it's deadly. I should not go. Mm-hmm. That fear can yeah. do that. True. Or the same fear, I can use it to my favor and I can use that. Oh, I don't want to die there. That's why let me go and practice. Yeah. Let me go for that run. Let me go for that swim. Let me go for that cycling. Let me go for that yeah. run. Yeah. So it's about channelizing the fear. Mm-hmm towards something productive rather than making that fear cripple you. That way I prepared for Mount Everest mentally and physically. And then finally in 2016, 21st May 2016 at 5.30 a.m. in the morning, I reached the top of the world. (laughs) That's amazing. So how was it like climbing up in the Mount Everest? Uh, what what was going on in mind as you were ascending up? So there were a lot of instances, a lot of incidents that happened in Everest during our time. I saw a Sherpa falling to his death in front of me and that kind of crippled me mentally sometime. Then I walked on my mind and uh, overcame that. Then on the way, I saw another guy falling off. Uh, fortunately, he was alive. But like now, after facing all those things and finally... I was the first person that day to reach the balcony, which is the halfway mm-hmm. on Everest. And I was super confident. And uh, I was going uh, along with my friend. Uh, we were like joking and walking, like you know, climbing uh, the south summit. And uh, probably a little bit of overconfidence came in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was thinking that I expected Everest to be much tougher than this. <laughs> ah. And maybe, maybe Everest heard that. And I know what? As I sat on the south summit and uh, waiting for my friend, uh, my left eye went blind. Ooh. And I couldn't make sense that why did it go blind? Because it's not a snow blindness uh, area. Like, you know, in the night, why will I get a snow blind? And 
just as I was about to recover from that situation, <laughs> suddenly my oxygen mask malfunctioned. And uh, there was full bottle of oxygen, but there was uh, water vapor, and somewhere in the pipe it got frozen and it stopped. Oh! It became a blockage for the oxygen to come. And the next half an hour, I was trying to fix, and because there were a lot of line behind, so I had to walk. Yeah. And uh, since I already started taking oxygen, and then suddenly the oxygen stopped, the body's acclimatization was also going down drastically. Yeah. And uh, Till a point when I couldn't bring back my finger, like it was getting cramped, and I was just ten minutes away from the summit. Oh! And uh, at that point, I clamped myself uh, at one corner, and I was waiting for my either my Sherpa. My Sherpa thought that I am going so well, so I didn't have to take any help in the whole journey. So he thought that anyways I am coming, yeah. so he didn't bother to look back. And my friend was behind with his sherpa, so I caught hold of one person and I asked that you know can you uh, call that guy like you know can you shout <laughs> the name? And the guy thought that I am out of my head and uh, that I am dying, and I could see people going in front of me doing a like you know drawing a cross, <laughs> and I was like trying to tell them no 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 I am not dying, <laughs> uh-huh. but like you know there was no time to explain at that altitude and you. Behave like a zombie, yeah. right? And uh, my Sherpa came suddenly, and he said, "You are still here. Summit is just ten minutes away, and you are still here. Come, come, come!" And I told him that, "Look, my oxygen mask is uh, not working. Uh, maybe the oxygen is over or something." And he checked the oxygen, and he saw that oxygen was all fine. And uh, uh, he thought that I got an acclimatization problem, the high altitude sickness, and I'm hallucinating kind mm. of thing. And he said, "Come, come, come! Like you know, everything is there." <laughs> And then, like you know, I couldn't move. Then my friend, along with his Sherpa, came, and I asked him. Uh, so he understood the situation. And then I asked him that uh, if he can give me his mask, and he answered, "Sir, if I give my mask, then I will die." Yeah. And yeah, it's the reality. Like you know, why will he give his mask? True. Because uh, everyone has their own mask, and if you don't, like you know, nobody is going to sacrifice a life for you. And then, at that point, my friend told, "You know what? Let's share our mask, and we can go. We can. We have enough oxygen, so we can share the mask, and we can go." And as he was preparing to give his mask, my Sherpa came back again, and this time he says, "You're still here." And now I told him that, "Look, you don't believe that my mask is not working. Why don't you try it?" Mm. Now he realized the gravity of the situation. Now he asks me that, "See." I don't know anything about the mechanism. I know how to put it and how to take it off. What should I do? And I told him that it's a reality that the last half an hour I had no oxygen and still I am alive. I am a man from the plains, so if I didn't die for thirty minutes, you give your mask for ten minutes to reach to the summit. I am guaranteeing you that you will not die for ten within ten minutes. If mm-hmm. because you are a mountain man, like you know, uh, for ten minutes at least I can guarantee you will not die. <laughs> and after ten minutes, you would snatch it away from me. Mm. Because um, if given a choice, I die ten minutes before the Mount Everest summit. Yeah. And after summiting Mount Everest, I choose the latter, right? Yeah. I told after ten minutes, after I take the picture, you snatch it. Yeah. <laughs> like you are so many people. I'll give you the mask yeah. back. Yeah. 
and he thought for a while and he gave me his mask mm-hmm. and with that i just ran towards the summit and like you know and there are a lot of events that happened like you know three of my cameras malfunctioned and all that's another <laughs> story but uh, finally when i was sitting there at the top and i saw my sherpa coming and i have to give back the mask now and he stood in front of me i couldn't look at his eyes i was seeing his steps and he came in front of me and stood so i just took the mask off from my face and i didn't even looked at him and i just held it in front of him yeah and minute passed and he didn't take it and i looked up in surprise that why is he not taking my mask back and i saw that he is wearing my mask mhm and i shouted is it working i like was i so much uh, uh, hallucinated that a working mask i was thinking that it was not working mm-hmm. and he smiled at me and pointed out to the sun the sun came up uh, and the blockage went off oh and i realized that i got a new life <laughs> yeah you know beautiful later on when i reflected on this whole episode and there were many episodes in the summit like you know we play <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, what i'm i reflected was that how on earth or what strength did i had that when i got to know that my oxygen which is my lifeline is gone and i might die now how on earth could i negotiate with my sherpa how could i not panic how could i keep a cool mind and negotiate at that altitude where take a decision itself True. is uh, such a pain and what came out of that reflection like it still gives goosebumps to me mm-hmm. because i realized that that situation was nothing new for me the whole of my childhood yeah i was this breathless condition with like not able to get oxygen enough and uh, with my asthma the same asthma which i was cursing my whole life there's a lesson in that yeah actually uh, was preparing me for this particular situation yeah and the same asthma which i was uh, trying to hate my whole life saved my life oh yeah wow you know so whenever we have something drastically bad in our life we have to understand that there are some intention behind it you are preparing for something bigger something bigger no. maybe we are not able to we are so short sighted that we are not able to see uh, the better side of it like you know we are only concentrating on the darker side of it maybe maybe there are some brighter side of it as well true so we have to give some time and uh, not react immediately or not uh, like you know break down and allow our life to unfold so that when we look back we will know at the end for every people at the end life is really beautiful when we look back you know so that was a big big learning for me and uh, i started uh, appreciating the life i had so a lot of people ask me that if you had been given a choice to change your life uh, would you go back and cure your asthma i would say no yeah that was required <laughs> you know so so true so true and i think yeah that's a that's a really great great reflection and a, you know an amazing lesson and i'm sure a lot of people listening to this are 
taking this note that even if they are going through the phase in their life which probably at this point of time may seem as a tough and challenging and you know there might be no way out but just know that that you are being prepared for something bigger something massive just you know go through this because i think this pain has a purpose yes and that is a bigger one beautiful yeah <laughs> so i i look sometimes in awe and i never thought when i started climbing the mountains that one day i will become the youngest in the world to climb all the seven summits and seven volcanic summits and i'll climb i'll go and ski both the poles i mean like even last time also i had to turn back from the north pole because of the problem between ukraine and russia yeah i had huge financial loss but uh, you know what the hope yeah like, you know the hope is what keeps us alive and yeah. a, a better world is going to come a new day is going to come and you know with that hope we move forward and uh, we again build the dream yeah and we finally run towards the dream and we execute and that gives birth to yeah. new dreams and new hopes so and then after that though, as you already mentioned you have summited all the seven highest peaks and you have uh, summited volcanic peaks you have already done south pole now you are doing north pole you have uh, this long long list of accomplishments first indian to summit all of these and youngest person to you know do this and also i think you did unaided you know summit of a peak right yeah i went yeah. and climbed the highest mountain of uh, north america mount denali mm-hmm. uh, unsupported and uh, unguided yeah and uh, later on and we were so scared that weather will go bad and that's why we went and climbed it very fast and we eventually like it became uh, one of the fastest climb Uh, on that mountain from india like you know so but we never thought that we will well it, it was never a priority but it just happened and uh, yeah i mean uh, the journey is uh, very very beautiful and um, uh, this it's not about just climbing the mountains you know the culture the people the food the, everything around that country around that peak and uh, that makes it really interesting you know now that you have you know summited a lot of peaks and i'm sure every single peak that you have summited has its own story not only story like there are several stories on each of these peaks that you have summited um but when you reflect back today and you know look at your journey of summiting these peaks um and mountains that you have climbed if you have to um you know put everything together into three most important lessons that you have learned uh, by climbing these summits what are the lessons that you have learned which probably people can implement in their own life Yeah so to answer this I'll little digress from this and I will say that uh, a thought was bothering me a lot that uh, I am climbing these mountains but how is it helping the society and that thought used to bug me a lot and it used to give me sleepless nights some days like you know that is it only personal glory that I am looking for but that is not uh, my heart is content with so i in fact on 5th november i left my job mm-hmm. and i came full time and i wanted to make a difference in people's life and uh, i now am an nlp coach as well and i help people to shatter their limiting beliefs true uh, self limiting beliefs and uh, i help them overcome the barriers uh, i help them to follow their dreams so if the three things uh, if you ask me that what i learned from mountain the number one 
and the most basic one is to stay grounded because we are absolutely nothing in front of the mountains nothing in front of the nature we can conquer only the heart of the mountains <laughs> and we can conquer our own fear our own self limiting beliefs you know that is one one big learning and uh, i learned in a hard way and it is not the success which taught me this it is a failure and second one is that you know that whatever happens so we have to accept that the first thing that we do is denial no amount of denial can change a fact yeah so acceptance is very important and uh, we have to accept that life is full of ups and downs and i think so imagine would you appreciate a music which is like ta how do you appreciate a music which is like ta you won't appreciate right mm-hmm. what kind of music you appreciate you will appreciate something like doordarshan music long back we used to have <laughs> like ah like that so when we can appreciate a music which is having an ups and downs why can't we appreciate life which has ups and downs and if it was if the life life didn't had ups and downs is like an ecg which is like a flat line you are dead <laughs> so when you have the ups and downs the uh, you are living so that relation Uh, is the second relation that i had and the third one was uh, the understanding of fear understanding that the biggest fear that we have is the fear of unknown mm-hmm. if we can quantify the fear half of the fear is gone mm-hmm. you know so and if we can channelize that fear towards something which is aligned to our goal it's like the anger can be used as a fuel to make the world better the the fear can help you to prepare better like you know so so this is the third learning that i uh, had from the mountains and of course uh, mountains are the greatest teachers and we learned how to enjoy life from yeah. mountains <laughs> yeah absolutely i think it's a, it's interesting that you have mentioned about the fear and uh, i think there's no better person than you to talk about fears because i think that's probably when you have the biggest fear uh, because you know that a lot of people you know when they are ascending the mountains and climbing the mountains right i mean they are losing their lives and you are not sure and you in a way have to be prepared for the any kind of outcome every time that you climb the mountain right and giving that as an analogy how probably we can you know deal our our fears or um and and you know what have you learned about fear yeah, so i fell down in a crevasse once in everest and i was hanging there and uh, i didn't realize uh, that i was in such deep soup so when i looked down i immediately hold back the rope oh my god it's dark i you know then i tried to convince myself like no 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 just that the sunlight is not coming it's not that deep like you know it just seems like it is dark uh, it's not like that then i wanted to quantify that fear mm-hmm. that, okay, how deep okay because it's like if you close your eyes and you have been told okay jump and you don't know whether it is 1 feet or 1000 feet right and you will be like crippled right but when you know that okay it's just only 1 feet you will jump blindly right so here also because you could quantify that right no yeah. so the fear of unknown is no more there now right but here there was a fear of unknown and uh, what i did was uh, 
I tried to break while hanging. I was trying to break some pieces of snow, I, some some icicles, and I hold a uh, handful of that and I threw it. Yeah, just to hear that, to see, to hear that bounce. Like you know, then I'll know. Oh, it's this deep. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't hear the sound. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> mm. I said, no, no, no. Then again, like you know, it's denial. No. Yeah. Maybe it was too small that I couldn't hear the sound. So while hanging, I broke a big chunk of uh, ice. I just threw it, and I waited and waited and waited to hear a sound back, but I couldn't hear the sound. And I was like <laughs> super scared. I was like, "Oh my God! Had I fall? Didn't had the safety rope? Yeah, my dead body wouldn't have been found. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. But then." I went and uh, locked myself in, uh, like you know, one of the rope using a jumar, and I now know that, okay, now I have reduced my risk of dying by fifty percent, so I'm happy. Like you know, instead of uh, having a zero zero uh, percent chance of living, now I have fifty percent chance of living. Now sitting, like hanging there, I knew that no amount of lamenting can take me out of this yeah. place. No amount of cursing myself can take me out of this, right? So, why to think? No amount of worrying can take me out of this. So, why to worry? Yeah. Let's enjoy this place, because not every time I get a chance to fall into a crevice. Let's make the best out of it. <laughs> And I try to absorb the beauty inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I looked one side. It was like a long crevice, like you know, it's a, it's like a zigzag, like a snake. It went this side. The other side is also like that, and it was so silent that I could hear my own breathing, and I could see that some of these crevices is covered, and some is opened, some portion of it, and then some portion is translucent, and some diffuse sunlight is coming inside, and. The entire place became blue, that kind of blue I have never seen such color before, mm-hmm. and like it was like as if a refrigerator when you open you hear that sound, like that kind of thing. The whole place was like that, and I totally forgot my existence. I forgot that I am hanging <laughs> in a crevice which doesn't have an end, perhaps, <laughs> and I can die any moment, and. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, like, if nobody finds me, then I can be frozen to death in the night. And yeah. I totally forgot everything and just be in the moment. And I started appreciating life. And then when I got out of it, when after half an hour, my friends spotted me and I shouted, and then they picked me up. Life gave a different meaning altogether after that. And uh, then I realized that life is too small to worry for small things. So why I can't have a two thousand four hundred square feet house or that mm. particular brand of uh, car or something like it's very small thing compared to like you know what life can offer. Yeah, you know? and the biggest things uh, that you can have from life at the moment, small small moments, you know that we tend to forget. Yeah, how many times you have gone in the field and walked barefoot on the grass and watched. A butterfly there, mm-hmm. like you know. So these are the small gifts that life has 
all around but we start we start worrying and have our blood pressure increased and stress and suddenly trying to accumulate all the wealth in the world such so that our three generations what four generations doesn't need to work and then suddenly one day you are dead <laughs> yeah like you know so what's the point of that kind of life like um, so live by the moment uh, and uh, cherish the life how it comes and enjoy the small small blessings of life i think uh, that makes it much fulfilling of course you should have ambitions mm-hmm. but that should not be the end of it and that will anyways come <laughs> like you know so yeah that that th- these are the things that i learned from the face of death when i saw death so near and mm-hmm. uh, so that gave a new perspective to life yeah beautiful so now satyarup it's time for the enlightening round where i'll ask you certain questions and uh, you can give short mm-hmm. answers probably you know Mm-hmm. sentence or so so are you ready for this yeah you have been doing this amazing job you know climbing different mountains and bringing us these beautiful stories from the mountains and you know giving perspective on the life to a lot of people and you know you have shared your stories through different platforms and different talks and inspired people what inspires you to do everything that you do i think uh, that i have been working on the high altitude is a miracle every step is a miracle but i never thought i could do those things and i have been gifted to do those those things i think that is a big big motivation for myself uh, appreciating life appreciating life which one daily habit of yours do you think has been game changer for you in your success journey smile <laughs> oh yeah i mean how lovely uh, how lively you are as a person i mean i think um you know i i have kind of sensed that vibe uh talking to you and uh, not only that i think you know you remain so grounded which is another thing that i've noted about you and i need to appreciate that as well all right the third one could you share a book or two that you have read in a recent past that has influenced you yeah a couple of them one is uh, like a flowing river uh then paths of glory uh, by jeffrey archer and the alchemist and um, the monk who sold his ferrari by robin sharma so i mean like, these are some books that made me think and uh, made me reflect on my life now that you have already said that you wouldn't change anything about your life or journey but if you have to start this success journey all over again if there are three things that you'd like to do differently what are those three things would be or maybe something that you you'd like to Uh, start early or something that you wouldn't have done or something that you'd probably like to do differently well then i would have just changed the context from earth to mars <laughs> <laughs> all right all right satyarup i have one last question left for you before i ask that question if people would like to learn more about you connect with you and learn about your stories get in touch with you basically what would be the best possible way yeah people can come to my website they can search about me and they can find my contact details there and uh, i'll be happy to help them yeah satyavsiddhanta.com i'll link that up on the show note uh, guys reach out to him watch his tedx talk and read about him on wikipedia this guy is popular all right so uh, here's the last question for you satyarup Imagine that you are standing on a stadium and this one is the largest stadium that has ever been built in the history of the world and there are millions and millions of people on that stadium 
eagerly and passionately looking at you and waiting to listen to you and you have been given only one minute of the time to share the most important lesson that you have learned in your life what would be your message so my message would be that you don't need to climb mount everest literally there are bigger mountains than mount everest that exist now you might want to know where it's right within you the biggest fears that are there within you are like big mountains maybe larger than mount everest which you cannot even look eye to eye so my invitation to all of you is to look eye to eye to those big fears which are in like mountains and climb those mountains and break those self limiting beliefs shatter them all remove all the excuses and just march towards that coveted place if it doesn't scare you it's it's not worth it so that it scared you that means it is that mountain you should climb and trust me that is much much bigger than mount everest so just look eye to eye to your fears and climb all those mountains and chase your dreams look eye to eye to your fears it has been phenomenal conversation satyarup thank you so much for making time out thank you so much appreciate that thank you so much for listening to this episode of the inspiring talk podcast you can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from and before you do anything else let me know your biggest takeaway from this episode on my facebook twitter or instagram @bjspeaks thank you so much for listening i'll catch you in the next now go out there and do something inspiring <laughs>